on demand. It's a term we toss around with ease in our digital society. Pretty much everything we want is just a click away. With Netflix, Hulu, and Prime, almost any movie or television show we could ask for is just waiting for us. The streaming wars are in full effect, and now with the release of Disney+, Plus, the options seem endless. On our show, we bring you things from the past to enjoy in the present. But sometimes, it's just not possible, because some things are still locked in the vault. This is Wayback Attack. Welcome to Wayback Attack. My name is Brian Grantham. Sitting across me, as always, is Preston. Preston, do you wish upon a star? <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> uh, today would be one of those days, yes. Yeah, the uh, the new streaming service that Disney has brought uh, has really been in the front of everything that I look at. <laughs> Any, every social media Yes, presence. it's getting. I'm being rained upon with Ads. Disney Plus. Um, not only commentary, mm-hmm. critique, um, suggestions, but also their advertising machine is is going hard on me. Like every site I go to, it's all the ads I get are for Disney Plus. Yeah, and like even like YouTube and stuff. I I get that I consume a lot of pop culture and people talking about pop culture, and I guess you know Disney owns a lot of li- uh, licenses now, but. I don't understand how I got like right in the middle of these crosshairs where like <laughs> everything that I use is just talking about it nonstop. So, uh, but yeah, I, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, today on the show, we are going to be talking and joining the fray, talking about Disney Plus. And instead of giving you our picks for the shows that we love, that we can't wait to watch, talk about The Mandalorian. No, we're going to be gripey old men that complain about what's not on the service. So we're going hard and talking about the things that are still listed in the vault. But uh, before we do all that, I mean, let's let's talk about the the streaming war we're currently in now. You know, when I watched Demolition Man back in 1990, <laughs> whatever, they talked about the fast food wars mm-hmm. and about Taco Bell surviving. No, I think it's the streaming wars we have to worry about and all the the bombardment of content we're getting uh, slung at us. What, what do you think the future holds for us? Uh, you know, I think that the, so what is going on right now in this media front, right. Is also going on in the video game front. And so I think, I think any kind of digital, any digital presence for any kind of media to consume uh, it, this is probably going to happen. I'm going to say this is going to be a big deal for the next 15 years, right? Okay. And then you're going to have, we're, you know, right now everybody is starting their own service. As far as video games are concerned, everyone is starting their own, they have been starting their own storefront, right? And now like Google's getting into it and they're trying to mix the two by doing streaming and, uh, streaming and video games at the same time. So, um, but as far as, as far as movie and TV show content goes, um, you know, 
we are starting to get oversaturated with these uh, different companies getting into the space. And what is going to wind up happening is they won't all make it. And we'll f- fall back into things like Hulu. Like, you right. know, so where mul- multiple companies get together to, uh-huh. to be their own thing. Right. Yeah. I, this, this is definitely an exciting time. Um, but it is a little bit frustrating as well because I, I see these things uh, on the social media where people are complaining that now with all these different services, we already mentioned Netflix and, and Prime and Hulu, Disney Plus. Then we've previously talked about Shudder, the horror service. You've HBO got Go. HBO Go, CBS, All Access. Mm-hmm. Um, BET's coming out with a new one. Cinemax and Showtime have yeah. their own. So people, Cinemax, people say, well, when you add all these together, it's basically like you're back at cable prices. And that's true in some regards, but I don't have all of these. Do you have all of these? No. And what I will say is, I don't think Shudder was part of this thing, but I saw something online the other day where they actually said, if you subscribe to everything, this is what you pay. And it's only $90, which I feel like is cheaper than what my... I haven't had cable in a very long time, Uh but I feel like my cable bill back then was more than $90. So even if you did that, it's still cheaper. Right. I think, you know, I think when you put it all together in the cable packages it, i mean it can go over a hundred dollars yeah. for sure um but yeah it it's going to be exactly it's not going to be cable um it's going to be what you talked about competition is great uh it's going to drive the market into a lot of cool places we're going to see some pricing competition for sure which we're mm-hmm. already seeing of mm-hmm. course i mean what's the entry to disney plus 6.99 yeah i uh, know it's going to go up sure and but they let you buy three years at a time uh-huh but you know i'm not I don't have all those things. I realize that there are certain shows that I really wish I could watch, but I'm not willing to pay for a whole nother service. Like my friends watch the CBS all access mm-hmm. show, uh, Star Trek discovery. Mm-hmm. And that seems really cool. And I'd love to, wa- I'd love to check that out, but I don't need another service just for that. I don't know. Young Sheldon is on that, <laughs> sh- on that. No, service, so. no. Uh, yeah, I've, you know, there have been multiple things on on CBS All Access that I've wanted to watch, like Picard, you know, and stuff like that. Uh, it's mainly how Star Trek stuff, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, like, I refuse to get that service just because, um, you know, CBS is, I'm doing sneer quotes here, America's most watched network, right? And so the, uh, I understand where they didn't want to join up with the other companies when they were forming Hulu. Uh-huh. Uh, because they had plans later on down the road to start their own service for that reason, um, but uh, I think I think it, I think it's crazy to pay for one of the major networks just just their own major network, you know? Right. So, yeah, I uh, I don't think I'll ever be on the bandwagon of getting everything. I've learned to live without for a while. Um, I was an early cord cutter. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say. I cut cable in 2006. Okay. Um, my wife and I, we had just had our daughter, we, our, our first daughter, and we uh, were living, you know, really in in urban sprawl. And we decided we didn't want to live where we lived. Mm-hmm. And we kind of wanted to simplify things. And we wanted to save some money. So we moved up uh, to where we, you know, close to where we live now. Um, uh, away from the the malls and the everything and moved into a much smaller house and subsisted off of, at that time, um, I had Hulu, mm-hmm. 
and I had uh, Netflix. This is early on to their streaming. Mostly, it was just carryover from being able to watch DVDs, mm-hmm. you know, through the mail. And that was it. Um, we read. <laughs> we had the internet, you know, but uh, we, and we had a lot of DVDs still, you know, physical media. Mm-hmm. But I lived with that for years and years and years. Um, subsisted with without any even local channels because where I live is so far away that you can't pick up easily anything with rabbit ears. You you have to get one of those outdoor antennas and put it in your attic or because uh, I so I I I am and similar in the boat with you. Um, my reasons are a little bit different. Uh, when I moved up into this area the house that we were living in at the time um, was not wired for cable because it was a demo house that um, the play, the house company, the people that built the contractors, the builders. yeah, they, uh, they, it was like one of their demo houses and they had sold the land to Walmart or something like that. And so they had to get rid of the houses. So the guy that bought the house, uh, he wound up, just moving the house right but because it was a demo house it wasn't wired for cable or anything oh, no and so um i had comcast was the option for me at the time and i had them in key west and i i did not like them i did not like their customer service their serve their internet and cable was fine whatever but their customer service was terrible and so i called them and they said oh yeah we will install for free uh, you know, and I was like, okay, cool. And like, you guys are going to run all the cables and stuff. And they said, yeah, whatever. And I was like, awesome. And then, um, uh, they, I gave them a credit card number and everything to set up my first month service and all that stuff. And then they said, okay, it's going to be, let's say $200. I don't remember what the price was at the time, but, and I was like, what are you talking about? I, I thought I was just paying for the first month of service. And they were like, oh, well, there's also a fee to connect the cable to the box. And I said, I thought you said you're going to wire it for free. And they said, the wiring's free, but connecting the cable to the box. <laughs> and I said, well, I I can do that. It's just plugging a cable into a box. And they're like, no, we have to do it. And I said, you know what? I don't want to do it then. Just cancel. Just give me a refund. Oh, we can't give you a refund. And I was like, are you serious? What are you talking about? And they're like, yeah, it's, we're going to have to mail you a check. And no joke, it took over six months for, of me calling them every month trying to get them to give me a refund. And then people being like, oh, well, I, they they just never processed it. The last person you talked to just never oh processed it. Oh, my gosh. How frustrating. So since then, that was like around 2008 or something. Since then, I have I have had cable maybe once or twice because uh when the xbox one came out there was like this whole cable integration with it and i wanted to see what that looked like with cable and so i had cable for a little bit then but um but yeah for the most part like since then i have never had because of that i've never had cable so since wow well i just entered a new era uh last week my buddy told me about a service it's an app Uh uh-huh called Lowcast. Yes. Okay. Oh, and, I saw you talk about it. And I'm not I'm not shilling for them. I make no money for them, but for someone who hasn't had network cable in years and years and years, mm-hmm. this is a new service that is a free service for currently only 16 markets. Mm-hmm. But Atlanta is one of them. And so uh, I downloaded this. I, I went online. I guess it checks your IP to see if you're in the broadcast mm-hmm. area. It says, yep, you're in the Atlanta area. Fill out your, you know, all this information. And then, ta-da, I can watch on uh, desktop 
or I can stream via my Amazon Fire TV stick mm-hmm. on an app. And the only thing they do is the very first screen you see, they, they pitch, try to get you to donate uh, yeah. a monthly fee. Mm-hmm. But then they go right into channels and they give even more than I thought because there's other things too that I didn't even know were local channels. Like not only like me TV, mm-hmm. um, of course you get like CW, NBC, ABC, but they also have these other channels that are kind of like Turner classic movies, but not, yes. uh-huh. it's just random old movies and they have channel names, but I've never heard of these before. It's so what it is, you know how like when everything became HD, uh-huh. right? So even like radio, remember? So like radio stations used to only be like one number, but when they started doing HD radio state or digital, I guess it was digital radio stations. When they start out of putting digitally, they could have multiple stations on the same frequency. And so that's what those are. So uh, I'll give you, cause it doesn't work where I live now. I'll give you a um, HD antenna and that will probably work at your house. And what it is, is it'll be like 34 channel 34 and then 34, two and then 34, three. And it's, it's, it's that digital signal that's being put out. Uh-huh. They can have multiple channels uh, on that digital signal. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I'm just happy to be living in, you know, a decade prior, <laughs> back in the past, in the present, just like our show. Um, because, you know, it's not the shows that I missed. It was being able to do stuff like... Watch commercials. No, <laughs> definitely not that. Goodness. It was stuff like... Uh, watching the ball drop on New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. right? Like, yes, you can find a stream, but it doesn't have, like, the production. It doesn't have the show aspect mm-hmm. to it, which was kind of part of it. Um, it doesn't have a great view. You can't hear the big countdown all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I miss I miss being able to just turn on a football game every now and then, mm-hmm. just mindless football um, without having to pay for a special app or something. Yeah. And then... Um, uh, you know, just news every now and then that's not just direct from the Twitter feed. Yeah. The, um, the, so that was the reason that I had antennas in the last house I lived in. Uh, my ex-wife wanted to watch football, like the, the Falcons games and stuff like that. Right. Uh And so, uh, that was the thing I always had to come up with a solution for since we didn't have cable. Um, and what I wound up doing there because this antenna, uh, worked, but, it wasn't as good like the way the cable was split in that house. It was split so many times because all the TVs in the basement and stuff, some of the TVs in the basement just didn't pick up very well. And so I wound up getting one of those outdoor antennas and just putting it in the attic mm-hmm. and that, that works great. So. Cool. Cool. Well, I'm sure we've lost some listeners already, but if you're wondering what we're doing on Wayback attack, talking about the streaming wars, um, we're going to get into some classic stuff right now. But honestly, I have to admit, I don't have Disney Plus. I don't necessarily plan on getting to Disney Plus anytime soon, but I'm sure eventually they'll win me over. Um, Brian, do you have Disney Plus? I have Disney Plus and I love it. Okay, so before we get into the things that we are um, you know, disappointed that aren't on the service, mm-hmm. give me some properties and things that you are most excited about that did show up. What were you happy to see that you could relive from the past? Uh, so, um, gummy bears is like a huge deal to me. And so, um, when that was coming back or when, when they announced Disney plus, that was like one of the first things I was like, Oh, I hope this show's on there. I can't remember. Has that been on a streaming service at all? I don't think so. 
The uh, and you know it's shocking to me because the theme song is just so good. <laughs> it is. Uh, uh, let's get it in their heads right now. Dashing and daring, courageous and caring, faithful and friendly, with stories to share. All through the forest they sing out in chorus, marching along as their song fills the air. Gummy bears bouncing here and there and there. Yeah, uh, undeniably an earworm. Bouncing here and there and everywhere. <laughs> the, uh, but yeah, so I was super excited about that. You know, when I started thinking about, um, you know, uh, all the old shows and stuff, I was really excited for those things. But there was stuff like, uh, you know, the the DCOMs. What? D- that, I think that's what people call them now. Uh, the Disney um, Sunday movie what are they, why do they call them DCOMs? Anyways, they call <laughs> someone, they call them DCOMs. I'm telling you. Uh-huh. Uh, but anyways, it's a Sunday uh, movie uh, that Disney would do on ABC. And Flight of the Navigator was this huge, huge movie in my life growing up. Uh, we must have recorded it off uh-huh. of TV. I did. And I watched it so many. Like, like, that's the only reason I can think of why I watched it so many times because I had it recorded, unless it just aired a lot. Um, but I love that movie. Yeah, I, I love that movie too. And there's actually a... Uh... If you check our YouTube channel, mm-hmm. there's a, a clip of the intro from the Disney Sunday Night movie um, that gives a little introduction with Michael Eisner and stuff mm-hmm. um, from my personal tape collection. So you should check it out. It was a, it was that right from yeah. Flight of the it, that was so funny because uh, I so <laughs> I'll go ahead and let you guys in on a secret. But I have a psychic ability. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and so uh, I had actually like just been talking about the flight of the navigator to people, and then you put that video up like the next day. Whoa! And I was like, you, "There it is." Do you think you just anticipated the future, or do you think you willed me to do so? Well, so that is <laughs> that I've never known if that's the case or not because my youngest daughter has it too. Oh no! And uh, and because there will be times where she's like, "I really want to hear this thing" or whatever, and. and then it happens and so it's like i'm not sure if she's making it happen or if, if she just knows it's going to happen uh, but anyways um you know being able to share that stuff with my kids is is really cool because um you know the things because i have been a cord cutter right for a while uh, my kids really don't watch they watch a lot of netflix or they used to they used to watch a lot of kids stuff on netflix uh, but nowadays they mainly just watch things on YouTube. Right. Same. And so the first thing I did was uh, when I signed up for Disney plus was uh, I installed the app cause I, I didn't do it until it came out for some reason. And then I installed the app on, they have a fire stick in there in my oldest daughter's room. And so uh, I installed it on that so that they could watch that stuff on there. And I was like, look, cause they wanted to watch all the toy stories a while ago and you know, just different movies. And I was like, look, now you can watch all these, all that stuff that you want to see on your TV. And that's pretty awesome. And so I, I can't wait to be like, let me relive this stuff, but, and things that I've never watched because stuff like fly the navigator would not be on Netflix or something like that. Yeah. Right. And so being able to see those kinds of, of movies, uh, I know those, those things in general, in particular were things that people were excited about when this started coming on. So, so refresh my memory. Um, Disney Plus they have a, a you know a huge swath of content because mm-hmm. they own now Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, they have their 
Disney cartoons and things. They have Pixar. Yeah. Um, what else is on there? Fox stuff. Okay. Because they own Fox now, so Simpsons. Um, but the um, aspect ratio apparently has been messed up on some seasons. Oh, I seasons. heard about that. Uh, and then, um, so, you know, because of Fox, they get the mutant stuff, right? So the old X-Men cartoon is on there, which is awesome. Uh, so I don't have to watch my bootleg DVDs of it anymore. But, um, uh, yeah, so the only thing that is not on it, which I hope Disney changes, uh, are R-rated movies. Really? Yeah. Uh, and so Deadpool and Logan won't be on it. Okay. Um, and, but when you sign or like when you're setting up Disney plus, it asks if this is a kid's account, uh-huh. if there's not R rated movies, it's all kids stuff. So I don't understand. I mean, I guess maybe it changes, it changes the user interface. I know that. So, but I'm not entirely sure what the whole point of that is. If there's no R rated things on it. Yeah. Well, and they also have, um, touchstone pictures on there mm-hmm. because that was a Disney imprint. Mm-hmm. So that's still Disney produced, but it wasn't a Disney proper. And is MGM, that's I, Disney, right? Because you yeah, have MGM Studios was at Disney, a Disney no, park. Uh, well, it's now Hollywood Studios. I think the partnership with MGM oh. passed. So okay. I don't know if they're on there or not. I'm sure someone will let us know because this is all people are talking about now. Yeah. But uh, any other highlights? Uh, the Mandalorian's great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, and as far as things that like uh, that are old and new, Bug Juice is... It's, do you know what that is? I have no idea what that okay, is. Okay, so it, it is it is not I was too old for Bug Juice when it came out, but it was essentially a um a thing a show in the nineties about it's like a reality show. Uh, and it's like kids camp, kids summer camp. Uh and so um they uh they rebooted that series today, like with a modern day camp. And so you have the original Bug Juice on it and then the new modern Bug Juice okay. also. So cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I know a whole different era of kids are excited to see some of these old, well, they're not that old, but um, old to them, a lot of these live action Disney comedies and stuff, Wizards of Waverly Place, mm-hmm. Camp Rock, all those that... Hannah Montana. Right. It was for a whole generation of kids is a very fond nostalgia for them. But I, we like the old stuff. Mm-hmm. And there are some old things that I was really hoping would make the cut that are absent completely from Disney+. Plus. So let's talk about those. From Walt Disney Home Video. I'm going to miss you so much. Left Behind with family friends. Have a nice vacation! And far from their home, three beloved pets take matters into their own paws. He's Shadow. Something doesn't smell right. She's sassy. Cats rule and dogs drool. He's Chaz. Get out of life. Get nine of them. <laughs> now, they're determined to find their way back. I'm going home. Wait. They're off on an adventure they'll never forget. Oh, this ground isn't nearly soft enough. Don't be such a sissy, sassy. It's an untamed world full of surprises. What's that smell? So the first pick that I have uh, in terms of things that uh, are not yet on Disney Plus is Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey. Yeah, you can't forget that tagline, The Incredible Journey. Yeah. Well, you, do you know why it's The Because that's Journey? the original title of the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, um, that movie, I, I'm pretty sure I saw that movie in theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved that movie when I was a kid. I loved any of those kinds of movies with like animals and stuff. Oh, yeah. Milo those, and Otis. And, yes. Mm-hmm. Right up my alley. 
And this one was great because it had such great voices. Donna Michi, Sally Fields, and Michael J. Fox, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. The um it's uh basically what it is, if you don't know, uh this family takes uh they're going out of town and they drop the animals off on this farm and then the uh, But the animals think they've been abandoned yes right? and and uh yes the um well the reason the animals th- think they've been abandoned is i think the person that they drop them off with goes out of town for like an emergency or something and so she takes she forgets the animals uh, and or she tells someone hey watch over this place but he thinks she took the animals with them or whatever and so he doesn't pay attention to them so they think they've been abandoned so they have to do the unthinkable and cross <laughs> i think it's the rockies oh, to man. get back home Wow. And so um, basically what they're doing is uh, they are going through the wilderness to, to find their masters uh, where um, where they're going because they don't want to be left alone and uh, on this farm with nobody. And so they wind up going through all this like turmoil through uh Getting, falling in rivers. Yeah, falling in rivers. Chased by bears. Getting a, a face full of porcupine Oh, that quills. was the best part. Was... And, uh, yeah, it's crazy because the, um, like, that looked like it hurt so bad because the it actually pulls. I, the, part of me that wants to see this again is I wonder, I know this is a Disney movie. Uh-huh. And I know that PETA existed this time because this movie came out in 93, right? And so, like, I know the animals probably were not harmed in the making of this. But could they have been? They might have been. <laughs> and, and so I'd like to see, and maybe that's why it's not on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Uh, but, like, have you watched Milo and Otis recently? Uh, no, not recently. Those animals are just dying. Oh. Like. <laughs> they just throw them in the river. <laughs> yes. Like, I watched that with my kids, and the whole time, like, I don't think that they caught on, but the whole time, I'm like. Oh, that animal just like, oh, that bear just drowned that animal because like, like there's like a bear that attacks them in a river at a point. And it's like, oh yeah. And that, that movie was filmed in Japan or it was, it was Uh in China or something. It was overseas somewhere. And, um, in, uh, in Asia someplace. And it's like, but you can tell as an adult, like, oh yeah, like, oh, they just (laughs) threw that cat off of a mountain, (laughs) like and stuff like that. And so I wonder if, if Homeward Bound falls into this, but yeah, who knows? But that was, it was a really good family movie. And um, I I I always wanted a dog. I never had a dog when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And the um, I guess it's a pit bull mix or whatever mm-hmm. that the Michael J. Fox character is the white dog. It's was, an American bulldog, I think. Yeah, that's I I wanted that dog so bad. Yeah, so bad. The uh, and and you know like being a kid and wanting a dog. Like uh, there's a part in that movie where uh, the dogs get separated from the cat. They they think like or the cat goes over a waterfall mm-hmm. is what happens. <laughs> and uh i they, they just think i guess they think it's dead uh, i have i have not seen this movie recently because of disney plus being mean but um so they leave but the cat gets found by this guy and he nurses her back to health uh so but the dogs move on they're like oh we're keeping on keeping on and they find this girl in the woods and that is lost and they stay with her and protect her and i could just imagine Little boy Preston sitting there going because they sleep with like keep her warm. They're like laying on her and stuff uh-huh. like that. And I bet Preston was like, "Oh man, I want dogs to do that with me." <laughs> totally. <laughs> Why not? Well, that's a good pick, man. Uh, I remember that one fondly. Who can save Princess Juliet, held captive by the evil Count Lorca? Who can save the city? Who? Who? Thank you. 
So my pick, my first pick, is a quirky one. It may not be one that folks remember, um, but the box art alone leaves me just wanting this for everyone to see, and that is Condor Man. Brian, do you know about Condor Man? Uh, so I do now. <laughs> I had never heard of this movie before. Uh, you had brought it up. I honestly, I had never seen this movie as a kid. Oh, really? Never seen this movie as a kid. I only saw it in my adult years, and it's because in my VHS hunts, I saw this box cover of it's the old white Disney clamshell, and it's got a guy in a bird suit on the cover Mm -hmm. it looks the hokiest thing um and i can't believe i hadn't seen it in the past there is a cult following for this and i am now a member of that cult yeah the um uh so i i I have not seen the movie right because it's not on disney plus uh Uh, but i did watch a it was interesting because he was young uh a, a young person um review this film on their youtube channel oh really and it was a long it was like a 20 minute review wow so he really got in depth with it (laughs) um but uh so i feel like i have like a sense of what this movie is and based off of what he says like it's an incredible movie because the writing in it is is incredibly (laughs) is very good (laughs) spoiler alert he's wrong (laughs) it's not it's not a good movie but that doesn't mean it's not a fun movie yeah okay um there's something endearing about it and how bad it is. So what this movie is, the setup is preposterous. Uh-huh. Okay. And and they breeze through the setup like in the first five minutes. Uh-huh. So where you're just like, okay, I guess. And then you're on for the ride. This guy is a cartoonist. He is, uh, he has a superhero he created called Condor Man, but he lives for authenticity. Mm. So he will only do uh, he will only write things for Condor Man in his comic books which can be authentically done in real life. Okay. So, so like his he, gadgets and stuff. So he uh the the show kicks off with him jumping off of the Eiffel Tower mm-hmm. in a full Condor Man suit and flying um because he wanted to to get th- things right for the comic book. Um it doesn't go well, he falls in the river. His buddy gets him out. His buddy, who is uh, more recognizable to me as the dad from Teen Wolf, mm-hmm. um, his buddy is in the CIA, and they need someone to do a uh, to help with a defection. Mm-hmm. But the the KGB or the the Soviet Union they've requested that. The person that helps with this liaison is a, a normal citizen. Why? Don't don't ask questions, <laughs> <Okay>. Brian. <laughs> but because of this, dude, buddy, asked Condor Man guy mm. to go, and this guy just he cosplays or something like he is in the character, <laughs> and he becomes, um, you know, like the super spy, even though he's supposed to be some regular guy. So like. The fact that they would just send some random dude, I mean, it's just, it's preposterous. And then later on, when they need Condor Man, they need his help again, they just, he's like, I'm going to need all these things. And mm-hmm. like, well, that's a tall bill of order. Um, that's a lot of technology. And he's like, I need it. And so they get him like his 
condor mobile and his condor suit and all this stuff. It's ridiculous and it feels very, very dated. But what's crazy to me is they must have spent a ton on this movie back mm-hmm. in the day. I, I will say if you if you need to go to YouTube and look up the car that is in this movie. Like the transition from he has like a a it's like a innocuous vehicle, but like he lowers down into the condor mobile and zooms out of it. And if you do yourself a favor and look that that transition up on YouTube, it is amazing. So I actually have the video cassette uh, in my hands right now from my collection. I'm passing this to Brian. Brian, if you could do me a favor and just describe it a little bit um, and then read us the uh, the description on the back. All right, so I'm going to describe it. And one, there's four pictures on the back, and one of them uh, is a guy spitting fire and someone being surprised <laughs> by it. Uh, and the next picture is the Condor Mobile and a black Porsche because all the evil vehicles in this movie are black. Another reason why they spend a million dollars, I mean, tons of money on this is because those black Porsches are just getting flung every which they're oh, wrecking yeah. them left and right. Uh, the next picture is the Condor boat uh, and then a blown up black speedboat also in the background. And then the fourth picture are the uh, is Condor man and his Russian uh, uh, ex-spy. Yeah. And they are passing some kind of letter. And it says, a cartoonist adopts the identity of his own winged creation, Condor Man, and suddenly his life explodes into high-flying adventure with more fantasy and excitement than all of his comic strips put together. The special effects soar in a series of hair-raising chases and madcap plot twists in this crazy comedy where Condor, Ma- Condor Man lives. <laughs> and what's crazy about this is uh, this is Disney's newest comedy hit. It's not that funny. Uh, <laughs> oh, really? It, I mean, there are parts where uh-huh. it's funny, like the on the back here where he's spitting fire. Mm-hmm. It's because he ordered a triple, and no one's ever ordered a triple. And uh, he drinks it, and he shoots fire out of his mouth. But like other than a couple of things like that, it's not very funny. And I don't think it's, you know, looking at how bad it is as far as the effects go, like you can see some of the wires and stuff sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if because I'm watching this as an adult, it's that thing like when I watched Batman 66 for the first time right. or like for most of my childhood where I thought it was authentic mm-hmm. and things just sucked back in the 60s, <laughs> wherein oh, really? they actually, that. it was like tongue in cheek, like it was supposed right. to be campy, uh-huh. but I didn't know that. I just thought it was bad. But anyway, um, the copy I have is actually... It says for sale only, not mm-hmm. intended for rental. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, tough to find. Um, there's a collector aspect to it. Um, it's you know it's a spy movie basically, but just not a great one. It's so the the guy that did the review he said it's basically from Russia with love, um, but it uh you know the he's so and from Russia with love. Um, the re- the relationship between James Bond and the Bond girl for that movie is like cast like just very quick and cast aside. Whereas in this movie in Condor Man, that relationship is very well written, and you see the evolution of it over the time to- over the course of the movie. Uh-huh. I really think that you're not giving this movie th- okay. th- what well, it's due. Uh, well, the uh, the <laughs> female lead here, Barbara Carrera, mm-hmm. she actually ends up becoming a Bond girl. I forget oh, which really? movie she is in, but she is she is a future Bond girl. 
Uh, I will say the number one thing in looking up this movie before uh, we, we did this episode, the number one thing that kept coming up about this movie was the soundtrack. Really? Yeah. So Henry Mancini did the, oh, the right. music for it. And people talked about how great the soundtrack is for this movie. So, so hey, uh, I know we're not doing you any favors by talking about movies that you can't see. But <laughs> if you can find a way to see it, maybe you can find an old VHS tape. Check out Condor Man. From Walt Disney Pictures, he's a hotshot attorney who's never lost. Yes. Forced to coach a hockey team that's never won. Keep swinging. Maybe I'll give him a cold. He'll try to teach them how to win. You think losing is funny? Well, not at first, but once you get the hang of it. And they'll teach him. Get off the roof, you little monkey. That winning isn't everything. Let's have fun out there. Walt Disney Pictures presents Emilio Estevez. Are we ducks or what? The Mighty Ducks. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. All right, my next pick is going to be the Mighty Ducks. Quack Attack is back. You know what they did? They have gone back and changed the title of this film to D1. What? Yeah, because it's the oh, first the a, first duck movie. What a travesty. Yeah, so now it's now it's known as D1, the Mighty Ducks. It's like Star Wars Episode 4 a New Hope, uh-huh. right? Yeah. What a what a what a waste. Uh, <laughs> uh so anyways, this movie uh came out um Back in 92, and I love this movie. Did you see it in theaters? I did, yeah. Yeah, I saw it in theaters also. It was a huge deal when this movie came out. Um, you have uh, Emilio Estevez uh, is... Uh, Gordon Bombay. Yeah, he, he is a... Um, He's basically why is he tasked with having to do this? Uh like drunk driving or something. Yeah. He was yeah. He was a bad person and then so they said, "You know what you need to do? You need to work with kids." <laughs> <laughs> and so for his um for his uh community service or whatever, he coaches this uh this hockey team, this of ragtag group of kids uh and gets them Well, uh, he did have a history of being a a star youth league player himself back in the day for to to his credit. Oh really? Yes. And um, that football movie. What was he? Wasn't he in a football movie? I'm not talking about Emilio Estevez. I'm oh. talking about the character Gordon Bombay. Oh really? Yes. Oh well, that makes sense then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was very confused for a second. All right. So, um, yep. So all right. So drunk driving. Got to help out the kids. All right. So, uh, and, you know, this is your basic, um. There's tons of these types of stories that came out around the same time. Yes. And, you know, you had baseball stories. I mean, it was like Necessary Roughness was yeah. the football one, Major League. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Well, there was, um, there was specifically one with kids. Uh, Sandlot? No. Um, I feel like uh, uh, Angelina Jolie's ex husband was in one where he was the coach and like the kids. There was one in the 70s, maybe Clint Eastwood was the coach and the oh, kids. Oh, Bad News Bears? Yes, Bad News Bears. Very similar to this. Okay. I feel like. Same story. But anyways, uh, so they go on and you kind of get tropes from different things, uh, different movies similar to um, uh, the, what's that hockey movie with? Are you going to do this the whole thing? <laughs> you just don't know any of the things that you're going to reference? Well, no. I, well, I was trying to think of the, with the brothers, the Nelson brothers or whatever. Okay. What hockey movie is that? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Slapshot? Yes. <laughs> so there's elements of other hockey movies in this hockey movie as well. Is this the game for this episode where you just give me like the littlest bit of a clue and I'm supposed to guess the movie? <laughs> yeah, guess yeah. guess all of my references. Do Brian's homework. <laughs> so anyways, um 
<laughs> he falls in love with uh, this main kid's mom over the course of the movie. And uh, so who's it, the main kid? Huh? Do you know the actor? Main kid actor? Uh, Future Dawson's Creek star. Oh yeah, it's Pacey. It's um, yeah. I don't know if it's real. Joshua name. Jackson. Joshua Jackson. Yeah. And it's crazy to me that he is one of the ones that became a big star because I, his acting in this is so rigid. Mm-hmm. He's awful. Like I do not think he's a good actor. I mean, have you seen Dawson's Creek? <laughs> <laughs> but but then after Dawson's Creek, then he did um. What was that show with uh, John Noble? <laughs> See, I'm turning the tables on you. Wasn't he like in Cruel Intentions or something? No, <laughs> maybe, but I don't know. It was it starts with an F. Golly, you're gonna drive me insane. I'll have to look on IMDb for this. Uh, Continue. All right. So this movie was um, was super popular. It had a budget of 10 million, uh, and it wound up doing 50.7 million dollars over the course of the movie or over the course of its life. Um, and wound up spinning off. I think they had three. Oh no! You know what? I think they had four or three sequels. Uh, I think they wound up having four movies overall. Joshua Jackson. Okay. Was in Fringe. Okay. It's a TV show. Oh yeah, about some spy thing. Yeah, or weird stuff. I don't know. It's like oh X- yeah, X Files kind of X Files. Yes, yes, yes. So anyway, yeah that that show is great. I loved the sequels. Um, they were appropriately cheesy. Mm-hmm. Um. I think, but I will say, I think, uh, and I might be wrong about this, but I feel like the sequels eventually uh, jumped the shark similar in the way that the Karate Kid did, uh-huh. where the fourth Karate Kid movie was just like, it wasn't even like Daniel LaRusso wasn't even in it anymore and stuff like that. Yeah, and you so, got like the the dregs of the kids that were left. Right. Um, but it launched a few careers. Like, so we've got Joshua Jackson, of course, um, Keenan Thompson's in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's on Saturday Night Live, the longest serving cast member Saturday Night Live history, was on Keenan and Kel. Uh, you got, I don't know his name, excuse me, gentlemen, but uh, the kid who played Goldberg. Uh, sorry, wait. No, that's not his character's name. He played uh, in the new Daredevil series on Netflix, played Foggy Nelson. That guy mm-hmm. was one of the big, one of the big hitters in uh, the Mighty Ducks movie. Um, but yeah, good stuff. And then the two and three, they just were not, not on par Two, I, I remember two being all right, but then three was stretching it. And then I'm pretty sure they came out with a four. So, um, I will say as much as I enjoyed this as a kid and it came out when 90, 92, 92. So it was, it was October 92. All right. So I was 12. Um, you know, kids are kind of dumb, right? We, we agree that, right? Um, they don't have the best taste. I'll say that. Um, but when I saw that movie, I loved it. Couldn't get enough of it. But even I, at 12 years old, cringed when they did the quack, 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 quack. It was awful. Yeah, but the flying V was so legendary, right? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, So this... You know, I'm sure that Disney had some say in this actually happening over the course of the time. Um, but this was the series was so popular that they had an they had a team, a hockey team from Anaheim. Yeah. And they were the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. And so, yeah, I don't know how much money they had to pay to do that. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Uh, uh, are I, they still around? No, no, they they're not the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim anymore. What did they move? Did they move or did they just change their name? Uh, I don't know. They're. 
I don't know. You a big hockey fan there? No, uh, but they did also <laughs> they did also make a t- a cartoon for this. Uh, for oh, the, I remember that. Also, yeah, so. they looked uh, they looked kind of like Darkwing Duck, but they had different uh, you know body sizes and stuff. Mm-hmm. There was a big, huge dude. They um they wound up just dropping the mighty part. They're just called the Anaheim Ducks. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, that Disney money ran out. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so. If you get a chance, that one should be fairly easy to find uh, somewhere. It's probably tied up like with Netflix or something because the like those those unlike some of the other movies on here, like that movie was actually like a pretty now did big you new movie did you look and see if those sequels are actually available? Because that would stink if like three or four was available, but the original wasn't. I, I didn't look and see if it okay. Was, but... Well, that's one to check out. Uh, a fond memory from our childhoods. <laughs> Tonight on the Disney Sunday movie, the Davises are moving into a new house. Definite fixer-upper. Where the tenants are deceased, <laughs> but not departed. This house is not haunted. Keep an eye out for the boogity man. What boogity man? Boogity, boogity. Now it's every man, woman, and child for himself. I saw him. What a weirdo. Dad's going to negotiate with Mr. Hamburger. It's spirited family fun, Mr. Boogity. I'd move. So my pick um, is a personal pick, a favorite of mine, and something that's kind of in the headlines these days because of the fact that people are discovering this for the first time, okay? They're not necessarily discovering my movie for the first time because I can't find it, but the original, Mr. Boogity, okay? Mr. Boogity is a kids, family-friendly, like, horror movie that was put out by Disney in 1986. And it involves uh, a family moving to uh, a town called Lucifer Falls, and the house they get is haunted by a ghost of a pilgrim who tormented a lady and her kid and then blew up his own house and killed everybody. And so they're trapped in this house. And uh, they had to solve this mystery. It was an hour-long special on the Wonderful World of Disney Sunday night movie. And um, I recorded that off of TV when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably not me personally. It's probably my mom. Loved that movie. Watched it, I mean, so many times. So many times. Well, then the, it was actually really popular. Um, it, they got pretty good reception when they launched it. So they did a feature sequel. Um, for the same uh, Sunday night movie. But in 1987, they came out with Bride of Boogity. The Bride of Boogity. So, Mr. Boogity, you can watch. I beg all of you, you need to go watch that on Disney Plus right now. It's crazy fun. It's super cheesy now. But as a kid, it was the right level of goofy and the right level of scary. Like, there are some scenes in there if you were a kid who mm-hmm. was six or seven years old, which mm-hmm. this is targeted to, like when she's walking down the, the hallway and there's that green glowing door or like there's a ghost in the basement. You don't know what the sound is. Like the tension builds. And I remember being freaked out about it. But it was one of those things where it's like just the right level of scared mm-hmm. to where I wanted to keep on coming back. But for more, um, did you watch this as a kid? No. I, I So I... I have never seen, or I, I had not seen that movie until recently. Um, but like, I had friends that had seen it because uh, I had friends that would say like "boogity boo" and like 
so that is from this movie and because that's the whole thing that he does uh i will say like i've seen a part of this movie and i'm not sure where i saw this part of this movie from uh but uh the the you said you told people to check out the first one because it's on disney plus i will second that it's only 45 minutes because it was one of the sunday uh, Disney movies on ABC and because of that they had to account for commercial breaks and yeah. stuff so the whole movie's only 45 minutes so yeah it's very digestible and you can skip forward um, I always equated this with Halloween but apparently it came out in like April or something so it was never really a it, Halloween movie but yeah. it's just just kind of a creepy vibe uh, I have actually watched this movie almost every year uh, that I've been alive because I inherited that tape that we recorded Um. And I'll, I'll give you a little bit more about uh, Mr. Boogity for you to check out. It's got a great cast. It's got Richard Mazur. It's got um, David Faustino as one of the boys. Christy Swanson, who became Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She's the daughter. And then it's got uh, real estate agent Mr. Witherspoon is played by... Um, oh, my gosh. I'm blanking on his name. Gomez Adams. Yeah, the guy who plays Gomez Adams. John Aston. There we go. Yes, John Aston. Uh, it's goofy. It's great. You should check it out. But the reason it's on this podcast is because they had a sequel, like I mentioned, and it, I don't know why, is not on Disney Plus, but it is on my VHS tape that I still own and love and watch every year and make my children watch. And it is, it's a hoot. It's just the same level of campy um, it's probably a little more campy than the, than the first one, and honestly, less creep factor. But the characters stay at the same. Um, got a few changes in the acting lineup, but essentially, in this movie, which is actually a like I said, a a feature length film, so this is like an hour and a half or so. It's a hundred minutes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you add commercials on that, and it's a two hour time slot on Disney Sunday Night Movie. Um. They, spoiler alert, avert your ears, this is how the first movie ends. Mr. Boogity is taken care of. He gets sucked up into a vacuum cleaner and supposedly disappears. But in part two, we find out he really didn't totally disappear. And he comes back and haunts uh, Lucifer Falls once again. And this time he's in search of his bride, the bride of Boogity. And so... I won't spoil the movie for you, but you've got the same cast of characters, except uh, Mr. Witherspoon has been changed out for some guy who is far inferior um, to Gomez Adams. Then you've got Chrissy Swanson. I guess she started getting a whiff of fame, so she's out of there. Um, But instead, we get the addition of Eugene Levy. Eugene Levy plays a... Uh, a shopkeeper in the town who's a little jealous about all the attention that um, the dad, Richard Mazur, is getting. Yeah, but uh, he he's also just a bad person. Yeah. Like, he, like, pushes, pushes like, a baby cart or a baby carriage out of his way and stuff like that. He's uh, he's just a, not a very nice person. Yeah, in his shop, he has a little tub of... Uh, oh, I should, I should mention this family. They uh, are proprietors of a joke store. Like a gag, mm-hmm. um, a gag magic shop, joke store, uh, this old gag gifts and stuff. Well, they go into this guy's store and he's got a little pile of, of, of gag gifts, but 
all his stuff's all broken and um he just he doesn't he doesn't treat his customers right uh, so I like the thing I like about th- this movie because I'm pretty sure it didn't happen in the first one, or at least I don't remember. But they retcon that the gag company that this family has their store that they're opening in this movie uh-huh. that it's a nationwide thing, and that uh, it is like a oh we need you to come home to corporate and stuff like that <laughs> because uh, it, like the movie starts off with with that like um, and I was just like what because. Like it's all stuff like ham buzzers and that kind of thing, and yeah. I was just like, "Oh, that's weird that that they're making." Don't it. you know that this was all the rage in the eighties to where you had a national chain of joke stores? <laughs> I, I mean, it never goes away. So, <laughs> uh, let me ask you a question though: uh-huh. ham buzzers. What's the deal with that? Like, what is the deal <laughs> with ham buzzers? Like, no, but seriously, like, did you ever have one? Yeah, I had one too, and like, I don't understand. I don't understand the point of a ham buzzer. I think it's one of the things where, like, you saw it in the back of a magazine mm-hmm. and people it, people thought it'd be funny. And now it just continued with novelty because it's, it's goofy. Mm-hmm. No one ever fell for this. But you put it in your hand yeah. and you go to, like, hey, nice to meet you. And you shake someone's hand uh-huh. and they're not expecting that. And so it gives them a fright. Okay. Because, like, for, when I was a kid, I had it in my head that uh, – that they electrocuted people. <laughs> and so, um, but it only ever hurt when like, I like shoved it into somebody else's hand because you have, no, it just vibrates. Yeah. Well, I don't like it cause it didn't shock people. I love that stuff though. Like I, I, I loved watching Mr. Boogity and trying to see those gags and stuff in the background mm-hmm. because as a kid, every time I'd go into KB, KB toys, yeah. they always had a little section of like joke gifts or like, you know, gum that would turn your mouth black uh-huh. or the joy buzzers. Like we <clears> talked about, flies that were in fake ice do you remember the gum that was like a mouse trap when you would pull yes. it out it would snap on your finger there's another gum where you pull out and it does give you a shot yeah uh-huh. that one sucks i hate those <laughs> but um so this movie um it's hopefully they're just holding things back so they can release it in stages and get you excited but if you love mr boogity check out bride of boogity from Walt Disney Pictures, four Jamaicans are determined to become Olympic bobsledders. And who are you? A Jamaican bobsledder. <laughs> now, with a little training up. and a lot of practice, they might just do the impossible. Oh, thanks, coach. I am feeling very Olympic today. Cool runnings inspired by the true story. I, I gotta go. You know, hold it, hold it, hold it. Rated PG. All right, the next thing that I'm going to talk about is uh, a based on a true story. And it can only be handled in the way that Dig- Disney magic handles because this story, um, you know, they've, they've stu- they stuck their toe into multiple Olympic event stories, Disney mm-hmm. has. And so this one uh, is about... Um, the Summer Olympics, or I'm sorry, not the Summer Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> it's about the Winter Olympics bobsledding team uh-huh. from Jamaica. Of course. Called Cool Runnins. Cool Runnins. Man, uh, you know, we're probably not going to have to give the synopsis of this movie because I bet you most of the people listening to the show have seen this movie. It is a fantastic movie. <clears throat> feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme, get on up. It's bobsled time. 
everybody has seen this movie because this movie's budget was seventeen million dollars and it did a hundred and fifty five million. It was one fifty four point nine, but uh, in the box office, so like it was a huge deal. Well, when you when you're starring with Dougie Fresh, mm-hmm. I mean, the audience just comes in droves. Yeah, you had you had a great a great cast with this because. Um, you had John Candy was their coach, uh, uh, was the coach of the the bobsled team. Um, Dougie Doug. Oh, Dougie Doug, yep. not Dougie Fresh. I got it wrong. I always get it mixed up. Um, and, and then, oh, I love this. I, I, I'm not looking at the cast list. Uh-huh. This is from memory. The main uh, bobsledder, isn't his name just Leon? There's no last name. No, he has a last name. Oh, he does. I think it's credited as Leon. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. <laughs> it's it's Robinson as his last name. But the uh, uh, oh yeah, I see. I see what you're talking about. Where it just has Leon up at the top. I was like, not even the professional. He's just Leon. Man, that guy's cool. <laughs> he's 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 like you know he was you know the the Madonna of his time. Right. Uh, but anyway, so um, you know. You would never think, uh, you know, a Caribbean island uh, would have a bobsledding team. And so uh, this is the story of, you know, the Winter Olympic sports. They have an air about them, right? Yes. And um, it's a story about these guys coming from Jamaica and having to, A, you know, beat the odds of being good enough to... Um, compete at the Olympic compete level. compete at the Olympic level, but then also having to put up with the pretentiousness yeah. of Olympic-level athletes that are just crapping on them the whole time. You know, their coach um, is not – he's not the best guy, right? Like, he uh, – He has a history. Yeah, he, he – and so, uh, you know, it is it is a, a story of – not redemption for the coach, basically, and then just pulling yourself up and – you know getting it done like it is it is it is a very heartfelt and uh, a movie that really has a a good message that it puts across and everything like that but it's also hilarious yeah so. i love that movie um i i love you know how hard scrabble things are for them and ramshackle their equipment is and their uh basically what happens the the reason for this is that the main character is competing as a track star, Mm -hmm. but, uh, misses, misses the qualifying rounds. And so he's determined to be in the Olympics regardless. So he figures out, Hey, let's get a bobsled team to go together. Um, and, and then that's how it comes together. Uh, John Candy is great in this movie. Uh, he's just, he can carry any role he's in. Mm -hmm. Um, this one is one of the, you know, we're talking about this like people haven't seen it. But I'm sure a lot of people have seen it. Basically, we're just talking about it because it's shocking that it is not a launch title with Disney+. Plus. I know. It's it's a huge movie. Um, I, I think what it is is that the um, the rights are tied up with, like, another streaming service right now. It has to be. So, um, If you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. <laughs> watch it with your kids. Watch it with your grandma. Uh, everybody loves this movie. From Touchstone Pictures. Let's go! Big Boy Caprice. <laughs> Flat Tire. Prune Face. Mumbles. Lips Manless. And The Blank are out to get the greatest detective of all time. I'm rubbing him out. I want him dead! Nobody touches Tracy but me. Tracy, Tracy. Tracy? You mind if I call you Dick? When it's time to fight crime, he's your man. 
Warren Beatty is Dick Tracy, rated PG. Starts Friday at a theater near you. Okay, and my last pick for the night um, is also a movie that most people have seen if you're our age. And if you didn't see it, uh, you probably still were bombarded with advertising for it because it was practically everywhere. I think the only other movie that had as much advertising and paraphernalia and just marketing was the 89 Batman movie. Mm-hmm. That movie was everywhere. But then in 19... What is it? 1991? 1990. 1990, the year after, Dick Tracy was everywhere. Yeah. So my pick, Dick Tracy, it is about a um, 1930s detective, uh, and it's based off of a comic strip, stars Warren Beatty. He is the, I think he's the director, the yep. star. Mm-hmm. Did he do the writing too? No, he produced it though. He produced it, yeah. Uh, music with Danny Elfman. You got A-list stars in here. So n- not just Warren Beatty, but you got um, Al Pacino. You got Madonna. You've got Dustin Hoffman. Uh, it's a murderer's row of characters, uh, of great character actors and movie stars. Visually stunning um, and just kind of quirky and weird. And it it did gangbusters, I think, in the box office. Yeah, so it had a budget of forty six million, and then it wound up doing one hundred sixty two point seven million in the box office. Yeah, so this was produced by Disney under their Touchstone uh, Pictures brand, which is basically like their more adult arm. And so this is it's a PG PG movie, but it wasn't a Disney movie because it had gun violence and. Mm-hmm adult themes and stuff uh, you know so you you talked about the um special effects in this movie and or the makeup in this movie uh-huh. and it actually won an award uh for the makeup yeah it, this is actually a three-time academy award winner mm-hmm. it won for uh best song uh with madonna it won for best makeup and best artistic design or it's, it has an artistic category um art direction that's what it is mm-hmm. best art direction so it's a quality film. It's just people are split on it, I think. Really? Um, it didn't get that many good reviews mm. because they're saying it was a lot more style over substance. And I can see how they get that. But, you know, when you're a kid, I mean, even now, I, I, ju- I just watched this with my kids. Uh, my 14-year-old says, I love this movie. This is mm. a great movie. I thought it was not as cohesive as i remembered but i was really impressed with the visuals i thought it was a a good standalone movie uh even to this day um and i don't think it gets the appreciation in the annals of history that it should i you know we we talked about this uh, in the rocket man episode or rocketeer episode uh about just the style of this movie uh-huh. i love this movie when i was a kid yeah. like you know dick tracy as a character is really cool and you know i i never read the comics because the comics were from the thirties. Right. Uh-huh. And so, uh, you know, I mean, they also kept making the comics or whatever later on and, and through the years, but you know, stuff like the watch where he could talk to people and, you know, uh-huh. that kind of thing. Like, like I have, I have an Apple watch and I can do that now. <laughs> and like, I think it's the coolest thing ever because it's, now I'm like Dick, you know, Dick Tracy, <laughs> like Dick Cheney. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, the going back to the makeup effects, what I loved about this movie is 
you know, I, I love movies that had identifiable characters and then that we were able to take those to action figures. Mm-hmm. And this one had an action figure line from Playmates. Uh, those are the guys that made the Ninja Turtles. And it was funny because, uh, you know, th- this movie was big, but it wasn't like Star Wars big. And it's funny. They had they had so many characters that were just so identifiable mm-hmm. that they made they made action figures for people who had like, you know, 10 seconds of screen time. But uh, they have like everybody's got a name like the rat or uh, lips manless and he's sucking down. Oysters. Oysters. Mm-hmm. So gross. That's Paul Sorvino under some makeup there. They got, oh, in the the best use of an actor ever, they got Dustin Hoffman, mm-hmm. one of the greatest actors of our generation, as a character called Mumbles, and he just mumbles, and you can't understand what he says. Oh, it's so good, though, the scene where they're, like, trying to get information out of him. Uh-huh. And it, so um, so I had the novelization of, of this movie, uh-huh. and all of his lines like the when the when the when they would write it out and stuff it was like it was like deciphering a code trying to be like <laughs> how am i reading this in my head it was great um and then another person that we haven't talked about yet is uh the kid in this movie played by a child actor charlie corsmo and i i don't know what it was about him but i i felt like we were kindred spirits <laughs> i think we were about the same age mm-hmm. And I just, I, I remember seeing him and I would just identify with these kids who were my age, think, why isn't that me up on stage, <laughs> on screen? Like, I could do that. And then I remember for some reason, this is imprinted in my mind. It's so ridiculous. But um, he gave an interview on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Mm-hmm. And Jay Leno gifted him with a Game Boy on and I was like, that kid is so dang lucky. He's a movie star. And then he just gets given a brand new Game Boy. Uh, I was very, very, very jealous of this kid. You know what's messed up about that? What? Uh, so back when Game Boys were the current handheld system, uh, my oldest sister was dating a guy. And he was trying to get on her good side. So he bought me a Game Boy. Oh, and she stink. wouldn't let him give it to me. She oh. made him return it, but she told me about it. Oh, how awful. <laughs> I know. So now I was like, why would you let? She was like, he didn't need to spend money on that because she wanted him to spend money on her. And so, but yeah. So I, I don't know how well you remember this movie um, or any of the characters in there besides Mumbles. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got another character, and the makeup effects on this are great. They got a prune face guy. Yeah, prune face flat top was my they favorite. They got flat top. Uh-huh. His his makeup is flawless, but the best one gets killed in the um in the first five minutes of the movie, and I think he's got like three seconds of screen time. But it is the most impressionable three seconds you'll ever see. <laughs> this dude's name is Little Face. Oh yes, yes, <laughs> Little Face is awesome. It's the guy. With the giant head <laughs> and this tiny little face, he's, he's like uh, he's like um, the egg uh, Humpty Dumpty. Yeah, he looks like Humpty uh-huh. Dumpty. Oh uh, gosh, it's it's great. Um, this movie's fun. It's colorful. It's the production design is incredible. It's got a, a good use of like matte painting, and mm-hmm. s- I think there's even some animation effects here and there. A forced perspective, bright colors, great makeup effects. No computer graphics whatsoever. Um, it's a it's a very unique movie. You should check it out.
So those are some really good um, good examples of movies that we wish that were on Disney+. Plus. Uh, and so um, if you have some movies or TV shows that you also uh, want to get on Disney+, Plus, uh, there's actually a way to do that. You can, uh, you can log into Disney+, Plus, go to the help section, and um, you can request a film or a show to be uh, put on to the new, pro- the new service. Um, right now, you can only do three titles per request, but you can do as many requests as you want. <laughs> so do us a favor. Go on there and tell them uh, that you want all these movies that we talked about today and do it a hundred times. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then uh, I'm sure we'll have some more to add once these are added, hopefully. Yep. We'll update we'll update everybody with the show. Um, this has been fun, and uh, I hope we've given you some new perspective on some things to, to go seek out. And uh, if you have something that we missed, feel free to shoot us a line at waybackattackshow at gmail.com. You can find us at waybackattackshow.com or on Twitter, wayback underscore attack. I'm on Twitter myself at squared stiff. Brian? I am on Twitter at B.E. Grantham. And thank you so much. And thank you so much for uh, spending some time to hear about the shows or the movies that we miss. (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) it it sounded weird for a second and so um what'd you do threw me off i don't know i didn't do anything but uh hold on what'd you say thank you for i don't know and and thanks for spending some time talking about these movies stop (laughs) it's so bad Uh, i don't know what it was that you said Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Bye.